Pegasus Podcast, presented by Night Sports Now. UCF news, views, and a few hot takes. Now, here are your hosts, Bailey Go Knights Adams and Christian Charge-On Simmons. Welcome into episode 158. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCA Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. <laughs> UCF won 18 to 16, beating Boise State on a last second 40 yard field goal by Colton Boomer, uh, the team MVP, the team savior, whatever you want to call him. Um, this game had a lot of things happen, and also you know, nothing happened at the same time. You know, I gotta say, yeah, a third quarter was not played by either team. I, um, I gotta say that it's just really nice to see Colton Boomer rise above the adversity. I mean, he's been called out. He's been called artificially good by some people. No, don't know who those people are, but it's been he yeah. he's, has been called that. And and I just really for him to fight through that adversity and fight through the haters and doubters, many of whom are on this podcast, and to just deliver one of and when I say many, many of, of whom, <laughs> really just me because you've never agreed with me. On I that will. Take. I will say I did when we did our overs and unders. I, t- I took over one and a half kickers to attempt a field goal this year, just because I thought at some point Grant Reddick's going to take a field goal or kick a field goal. Um, but yeah, I don't think I'm the one on here that that my, has called him artificially my memory, good. My memory gets fuzzier on this type of stuff pre 2016, since that's when I went from like just being a fan to like covering the team. But of that span, at least, that's the best UCF kicker performance, right? To hit four field goals, including a game winner and including a 55 yarder, which ended up being the longest field goal in program history, or a 50. It was not a it was a 59 or 55. Boise hit 55, I think. A yeah. 55 yarder, four made field goals, including a game winner. Like that, I, I can't think of a whole lot of UCF kicking performances to top that one. I think you're probably right, just at least in the modern era. Cause like, when you think about like, oh, yeah, I mean, they had Matthew Wright for a while, but like he was never like the, he never had to win them games. He didn't have to. Like, yeah, he was, it was too like, freaking good. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, he might have kicked three field goals in this game, but UCF also scored 67 points. So who cares? Speaking of which, man, I missed that. Miss what? Oh, scoring, <laughs> scoring, scoring, scoring a lot of points. points. I yeah. listen, man, I, should we just start with the JRP injury situation? Because I feel like that's going to color every other yeah, thing I have to say about this. I guess so. so. John Rice Plumley was not targeted when a defender hit him full on crown of the helmet head on and took him out. Um, I'm not even concerned about the idea of him having a concussion, which he very well may from that hit. Well, I mean, I'm, I am concerned about that, I think. <laughs> but his knee bent at a weird angle on the way down, and he could not get off the field on his own. Two trainers ended up having to help. He didn't have to. He didn't need a card or anything, but he was walked off the field and pretty much re- relying on them. He was not in the boom video that UCF posted. Um, whole season just got turned on its head, if JR, because if it, I mean, if it's a knee injury, which is what it looked like, if that's something that needs surgery, uh, that's that could be the whole season. It at minimum could be something that's like, keeps him out a few weeks. They've got Villanova next week, but like, I don't know. I don't want to like wildly. And of course, Gus said nothing about in his press conference. I don't want to wildly speculate because we don't know the situation. But that did not look good. I at bare minimum would be very surprised to see him against Villanova. And everything we heard from fall camp to, through spring camp to now is that there is a big drop from JRP to the rest of that quarterback room. So this. This changes everything real quick if that actually is a serious injury for JRP, which is what it looked like. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm no doctor, but I'm willing to rule JRP out for next week right now. Yeah. Like, I just, I can't imagine whether, I mean, even if it comes up, oh yeah, he just like kind of landed the wrong way on his knee and he's fine, like he, he'll be fine long term. Um, even then, like he might have a concussion. He might, it just would be best to just not even bother with it next week against Villanova. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, this whole season kind of, changes drastically when you think about the idea of Timmy McLean coming in um, and, and starting in place of JRP. And 
I mean, we'll get to the rest of this game, obviously. We'll talk about this game. But the one thing, like, I think it's not a lot that's going to help the situation, but it would help. It, it does help that UCF plays Villanova next week. And Timmy would have an entire game to basically just kind of, like, get his feet under him. Yeah, I, I mean, he's he's been at UCF now for over a year. So, I mean, he, he's, he knows the offense. He knows, like, what he's doing. But at the same time, he played a few drives against Kent State, and that's it since 2021. So, yeah. Uh, it's just a it's just sucky and especially i mean john rice Plumley played i think one of his better uh, oddly one of his better games i think i'm, I'm in, gonna a top that was not that was the best game of his career i feel fully uncomfortable saying that a game where he threw no touchdowns and two picks was in my opinion unquestionably the best game of his career it was not the statistically he, best game of his career but i mean he's we've talked about at no end how he's really good at putting up huge numbers against bad teams Everything was going wrong in that game start to finish. Just weird, fluky things and mistakes and penalties. And he just stayed so calm and so collected the whole way and just delivered clutch throw after clutch throw. He didn't make mistakes. He didn't make bad choices. He had some amazing balls, both in short range and downfield. That was the best game of his career. I I, I truly believe it was. And I think I'm going to believe that on the rewatch too. Yeah. I mean, it's just, <laughs> so we'll talk about it. We'll go through the game now, I guess, where, the game starts and the UCF, it started like the 2021 game. They were playing all the hits uh, against Boise State, um, getting down the field so easily. And then inside the five yard line, throwing a pick. And this was a pick that went off of Kobe Hudson's hands. Um, and it just, I think from the start, it felt like, okay, well, this this game has, has, and I even said like on Friday night, I tweeted that, that this game had some bad energy for me all week and people talked me off the ledge. And I'm regretting them letting me do that, letting, like, letting them do that because. I just this game was not a good game energy wise and it just throughout the whole thing. It was not fun to watch. It was a disaster. I was and in then, hell. Of course, I was in hell for three straight hours. I didn't enjoy <laughs> it's the lie. we. T- I said this to you right before we got on. It's the lie we tell ourselves all offseason that I convinced myself that I like watching these games. I don't. It's terrible. I hated ever. I was just nervous and felt sick the whole game. And when Boomer made the kick, which luckily had been spoiled for me on Twitter before it happened because I'm streaming and thank God it was because I don't think I could have lived through that hook it took in real time, but I didn't even like did. jump out of my seat or like, yeah, let's go cheer. I just kind of like sank to the floor in relief. Like it was like, okay, I can stop now. Like it's just, it's over. Like I, that was a hellish game for, for a billion different reasons. Yeah. So this is a weird thing for me now. Like I, I live in an apartment now and I have spectrum. So I'm like, for a lot of games, I am still streaming because I also have a YouTube TV account um, that I have access to. And then the Spectrum one, like I was like, I'll, I'll watch FS1 on Spectrum since that's not one of the ones affected by this whole ESPN thing. Um, so I did live through the little waiver in that kick in real time and my heart sank. And Gus Malzahn's did too, if you saw the video on Twitter where he literally puts I have his not. hands, Is on, there a video? He puts his hands on his head and he goes like that. And then he kind of just puts him down and he like walks off. He like walks I need to go watch field. that as soon it's as so funny. Pod. It's so funny. I seriously, um, and it was, by the way, if you're wondering who spoiled it for me, it was the UCF football account. I guess they just tweeted the second it happened because like the streaming is like, I don't know, like a 20 second delay, I think. And it was yeah. like from when the UCF tweet hit to I watched the kick was about 20 seconds. Like they weren't even like lining up yet when the tweet hit. And I was just like, I am so glad I saw that because I just don't want it. And then when it hooked, I'm like, did I misunderstand the tweet yeah, like, yeah. in that split second? But you and I are similar yeah. people because this has happened. Like I've been streaming for a long time at this point and Every game, like when, when a game is close and one of my teams is involved, I am just refreshing Twitter to try to get something spoiled so that I, I at least if something if something bad to happen, 
I'm just like, all right, something bad's gonna happen on the TV now. I don't want to see something yes. bad happen before I know about it. I don't want to be surprised. <laughs> this isn't a Marvel movie. Yeah. I'm not like trying to go in spoiler free. Like if I could press a button and find out the result of every game for the season right now, I would press it and then live a relaxed life for the next three months. Like I just want yeah. to know. But I just, I, I, you know, like I'll do it. I want to apologize part personally to Colton Boomer for just <laughs> like cementing what i think Good. has to go down is my worst take of all time which is saying something because there have been some doozies guys over the last few years but i just went all in on that um i was really convinced and it wasn't even like i wasn't trying to like oh i'm gonna have a hot take whatever i truly believed i, I thought it with them bringing grant red again i am gonna say like i'm gonna just level with you guys like out of what we heard out of fall camp and everything not like boomer was crushing it and reddick was nothing like i think there were legitimate reasons to think that we might see a change at some point. I just happened to, you know, pick the guy who was going to go on to have probably the best kicking performance in modern UCF history as the guy that I wanted benched. So I do want to apologize to Colton. Um, great player. A UCF legend, probably just from this oh. game. I mean, <laughs> honestly, he pretty much won it for them. The team was doing, J- Javon Baker was, was, was throwing balls to defenders in the end zone. I, it, Man, man, I listen. I which, by the way, Javon Baker has already tweeted that that will never happen again. So that's good to know because without the tweet, I would have been expecting it. So you got to hold um, him to that. <laughs> I'm going to say something about Javon right now. Javon has has a presence on social media. He's at times been critical of UCF starting quarterback on social media. He even once liked a tweet saying he would transfer if John Russ Pumley returned in 2023. Listen. You can't go and do that if you're going to talk trash on social media. I still don't even fully comprehend what I saw. Like, the ball was in his hands. He's in the end zone. I'm already like, yay, it's over. And then he just sort of, like, goes, ooh. And it's it felt like he kind of, like, caught it and, like, carried it across his body and, like, threw it and, like, let yes. go of it. That's what it felt like. And that I have no idea like. how that happened. John Rice Plumley had two picks in this game and had not even zero, not even one percent of the blame for either of them. <laughs> like, it literally were both perfect passes. And just, yeah. man, I, um. But, so even with all that, so UCF takes that early on a 50-yard field goal by Colton Boomer. So I was like, all right, I mean, he's obviously got the leg. Comes back later, kicks another 33-yarder. Kicks a 55-yarder later on to bring him within 10 to 9 in the, in the end of the first half. And then no one scores in the third quarter because that quarter didn't happen. And then when they needed him late, 40-yard field goal to win it. And honestly, like, it's just – and I think this is a, a thing where a little bit of my personality – I don't know if my personality or what it is. My demeanor comes out where he had kicked a 50-yarder, a 33-yarder, and a 55-yarder. And he's lining up for the game-winning kick from 40 yards out, which, like, 40 yards is, you know, we had there's a certain kicker in UCF history that could not even fathom kicking a run around, one around 40 yards. But I'm still kind of like, man, like, I'm still nervous. And I'm like, I, I, I'm – and it wasn't even a Colton Boomer thing. It was more just like, if this was me in this situation, I would absolutely I would crumble. crumble. I would absolutely would, crumble. I just – like, 2020 just Memphis was so. playing in my head on repeat that entire final drive. Even as they're moving downfield, I'm just like, I know how this ends. Like, And I had no faith they were going to make it downfield. And JRP before the injury had some awesome throws. And, and the thing is, and this is why it sucks that he got hurt, because I was even planning – I was taking notes as I was watching a little bit, and I was like, I'm going to say this way, even if they lose the game – I didn't even feel bad about the season during the game because I'm just kind of like every stupid thing that's happening is a fixable thing. Like at no point in the game am I like, wow, UCF just doesn't have talent this year. Or wow, Boise is just too good. It was all just dumb mental errors or fluky plays or penalties. And I'm like in my head, like, you know what? This is all fixable. So like I kind of feel I'm kind of feeling good about the season, actually. Then JRP gets hurt. And now I just feel like I'm not it would be in poor faith or poor taste, poor faith, maybe both. Who knows? to sit here now and give you 
predictions for the rest of the season because we need clarity on the quarterback position. If JRP's out for three weeks, okay. If he's out for the season, okay. If he's out for a game, we just have no idea. All I know is that there is no chance in hell he's playing against Villanova. Uh, not with yeah. him have to be having to basically be carried off the field. Well, I don't, I just always go like to the worst case scenario. And anyone who follows me on Twitter probably knows this, but like during games, I am to the point where it's like, this team is absolutely awful. Yeah. Like it, <laughs> the things are not going well. And like, yeah, a lot of it was like the fluky stuff. Like the, how often are you going to see Kobe Hudson or Javon Baker do what they did with like how, how the ball just goes. And it was like weird because two nights ago we watched this happen with Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs, like where he and his receivers were just letting him down play after play. And I was like, there's no way this is happening with John Rice Plumlee right now. Javon like, Baker like a quarter before that terrible play had like the most incredible downfield catch where he just barely got a foot in bounds and managed to come down at the twisting his body like a corkscrew. So like he's very good. We know that it was just shocking for two of those weird moments to and happen even, in the same game. Even after the interception, he made some like really, really good contested catches. Like it's just he's really a really good receiver. So to see that happen with him, especially, I was like, there's no way. So like that stuff, I was like, all right, this is just like that's never going to happen again. But there were other parts of this game where I was just like, all right, like this, I mean, this really is just going to be a season where it's like they are a very, very average team. And again, all offseason, I was like, that's okay. They can be average, but it's just, it's going to be frustrating to watch throughout the year. And I still think it probably will be. I mean, whether or not Plumlee is, is hurt, I mean, if, if he's back, great. I mean, I think they'll have a better chance in every other, every game, but I still will be like, I don't know. It'll still be a frustrating season. I know that, but I'm going to tell you um, right now, I, if JRP was healthy or if he's going to come back after Villanova, I'd predict like eight and four right now. I actually weirdly feel better about the team than I do before this game because they were so much dumb stuff, but it was all just, it was all either fixable or fluky, you know, like the players themselves clearly are very talented. The defense was great tonight. Boise state had 10 drives, or a Boise, Boise state had 10 drives, 10 offensive possessions, only three of them ended in points. The D-line was fantastic. I know Boise switching quarterbacks at one point helped. Corey Thornton, who everyone's wanted bench for four years, had a great pick at one point. And there were a couple bad plays here and there. Guess what? It's a football game. It's going to happen. Defense looked awesome. The offense, everything that was wrong felt fixable. I just, it, it's like, I literally came away from this really terrible performance. Like, I feel better about the team. The one thing that really worried me, now I don't say what worried me, but like one thing that was really annoying about the defense is like, they nearly let, and it was partly the offense, but they nearly let one player beat them. I know like that that, that, that was too it was um who was the receiver for boise state in 2021 where it was like the exact same uh, damn thing? was it khalil shakir khalil shakir yeah, yeah it was just like no answer by the way shout like this sucks for boise you do a two-game series with ucf and at both games at one point you feel like you're gonna win it and then you lose in the last second on heartbreak like that that sucks for boise but great for um, ucf so but this dude i don't know if i can i couldn't get his pronunciation of his last name right it was ashton janty i think Mm-hmm. 24 carries sure. 115 yards and then he also had five catches for 97 yards and a touchdown <laughs> like including what was a or no he didn't score the go-ahead touchdown did he no he didn't i think that was stefan cobbs um but no i mean it, the defense overall like i i in the moment again i probably should just stop tweeting during games i've always said that because like i end up tweeting things that like people come back to like i don't know 30 minutes later. And I was like, well, that was true at the time when I tweeted that. But at one point when they gave up the go ahead touchdown, cause they'd been so like dominant all, all night long. And then UCF finally scores a touchdown. I'm like, all right, just get a stop. And then UCF probably runs the clock out and it's over. They don't get a stop. They give up this backup quarterback leads UCF leads Boise state down the field. They score a touchdown. And I think I tweeted something like this defense has very few winners. Very few. Oh, come on. Did you really um, tweet that? I did tweet that. Yeah. And I, I still am not convinced I'm wrong. Um, I 
man, we came away a very different. I was perfectly content with the defense support. They held Boise mm-hmm. State, which I suspect is going to be go on to be a good team since they're a good team every year. Sixteen points. That that with the de- with the offense just sputtering for huge swaths of the game. And you say that well, they allow. You're right. They allowed that key touchdown after stopping Boise State a number of times. And my thing is like, if you're a defense and you've played really well all night and you've held a team to nine point or to ten points. And you're still in position where you have to not allow a game-winning play. That's on the offense at that. No, point. yeah, and that's what—that's probably what I said too. But what what I will say is they got a lot better as the night went on. Like early on, they were getting pushed around, and that was again I like something that. that happened early on in the Kent State game. Like, yeah, I don't know if it's just like a slow start thing, but like they were not like the defensive line early on was getting pushed around. After that, they kind of came back and were were getting after the quarterback and racking up a bunch of tackles for loss, which was nice to see, but. The, I think the third down, like the third down efficiency for Boise State was what probably frustrated me the most. I mean, they were just under 50%. Um, and you see, I feel, like, I feel like the third down, like this is, I'm saying this without looking up the stats, but I feel like in recent years, like UCF just always struggles to get off the field on third downs. And it's the most frustrating thing to see. But yeah, I mean, you can't really, I mean, it's hard to complain about giving up 16 points on the road in that atmosphere. But this, I mean, this game was just. I have, I, it was oddly a case where there's some, a few things you can take away probably. There's very little I feel like I can actually take away. Like, we'll look back in November and be like, that game meant nothing. Like, it I taught can, us oh, nothing about this. I game. have a couple takeaways for you. Okay. Um, well, first off, let me say John Rice Pomley just tweeted W. So, I mean, that doesn't tell me anything. Thanks for that. JRB. Let's hope he's talking about a win and that wasn't a longer tweet that he's just too injured to finish. Hopefully, he just oh, God. W. Um, he included hashtag glory to God, his little, his dumb little oh, hashtag the, that I actually ten. hate and I've said before that I hate, but it, it's fine. So I, um, I just putting your number in a tweet about God is weird to me. Like, I don't know. It's just an odd hashtag, but anyway, hopefully he's all right. Hopefully we'll get an update at some point there. Cause this season is kind of shot without him, but I have a couple takeaways for you. Um, my first one is that RJ Harvey should just not attempt to pass for UCF. Oh and I my don't God, know yeah. why yeah. this coaching staff, I'm at the point now where I think that they mean for that to be like an actual part of the offense because they ran it two, two or three different times tonight. Um, in key moments too. Like in it key always moments. comes in like, they just made a big play and they're like, all right, let's run this now. RJ, by the way, who also got banged up, but didn't look super serious. Looked like he was just, he came back in after and just looked like he was struggling the rest of the way. Um, my other takeaways are you cannot convince me. I do not care what has happened in practice. You cannot convince me that Johnny Richardson should be getting snaps over DeMarcus Bowen at this point. Johnny Richardson, two different times had a first down that he failed to pick up because he, for no reason, changed direction, and tried to get the sidelines. Also fell again. The following We had these conversations last year. <laughs> We had this conversation last year where he would he always gets himself in position to pick up a first down on third down, and then he picks the he has two ways to go and he picks the wrong way every time. I don't it wasn't understand even it. like having to find the hole. It's like Johnny, if you just run in a straight line on both those plays, yeah. just straight up vertical line. We talk about vertical passing. Let's talk about vertical running for a second. Just straight line run. The you one, pick up the first down. That's it. The one I'm thinking of was, yeah, he runs straight. It's a first down. Instead, he tries to like beat the defender to the outside, and the defender ends up getting to him and drops him for, uh, a, I don't know if it was a loss, but I think he just just short of the first down marker. And just like, I was like, man, you had a first down. I'm watching it right there. How do you not see this? But I don't get what's going on where we heard all offseason how awesome Demarcus Bowman is, and he got one touch tonight. But I that needs to change because it was like very early too, wasn't it? It was the fir- I think it was literally the second play, right? Because the first or second play, I think the first one was that 55 yard pass downfield. At which point yeah. I convinced myself with a one play sample size, UCF is going to win by like 50. 
Um, that Bowman averaged 11 yards per carry. He did on his one carry. I I just, (laughs) I don't know what, which Johnny, like, it looks fine. He had 60, 62 yards on 11 carries, 5.6 average. That's great. It's just when he fell again, I was like, we're back. We're so back. Like UCF is just honestly, I think there, he definitely has value. Like, I I think he's actually like, he's well, clearly he has value, but he picks up yards. Yeah. Like he should be a part of this offense, but just like when there's certain situations where I'm like, I don't need to see him in the game. And I understand that like Harvey was hurt at times, but it's like, what what happened? What what's the deal with Mark Anthony Richards? Because like, I f- he was so he was so helpful in twenty twenty one, and then last year he disappeared, and he like barely just randomly reappears last week. Again, this week doesn't you know he's not even there. So I don't know. I, I just I would like to see more of him because I actually think he's good, but I mean I, I can't tell anymore because we'd never see him. So I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I <laughs> Kobe, like I said it's. It's not they don't have options there. I also want to say I do feel bad before we get off of running backs. I I I I, I, I feel sad saying this, but I believe it may be time to retire Wild Bowser. Um, Wild McDonald just just ain't really doing it for me. Um, which they then went for Wild Harvey on that touchdown late in the game, which that worked. So uh, Jordan McDonald, like I know he's going to be good, and I still believe that, but he's just still. It's a little. It's just he. He's a true. He's what a true sophomore, or I guess he's a yeah. redshirt freshman because he only played in four games last year. He's a young okay. guy. He hasn't got a lot of reps, and it's just he's a little too slow to make decisions. He's a little too indecisive. He misses that. Like he's very much like, which it's fine. You get this for you guys, but he's very much like this is the play, and I am running the play. And even and what made Bowser so good at Wild Bowser was it's like takes that half second to see what he's working with and then makes the yeah. play and McDonald's more mechanical with it. And it just wasn't really working. So that's unfortunate because he had hope for that after Kent State, but I'm ready for that to go too. Yeah, um, this isn't the first time I've realized that Kobe Hudson had 134 yards receiving. Kobe Hudson had a game, man. I mean, even <laughs> with the stupid fumble, I mean, he was balling out. He had some, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like, that's why I'm so just uh, devastated. I'm not even going to over-exaggerate. Des- de- devastated is the word I feel for the idea of John Rice Pony being done or being out for weeks. Because it just, with all the crap that went wrong tonight, I just felt like I was actually finally seeing what the offense could be at times. I mean, he just looked the most comfortable throwing the ball downfield he ever has. And just, and I was just like, you know, if they clean up the stupid stuff, I just really feel, I mean, they had how many, like, I'll never forget that one drive. They, I mean, it was the drive they knew with the Javon pick where it's like, they just ran the ball nine straight times all the way down the field, dominant as hell, bad pick on a great throw. And I'm just like, I I see the blueprint. And now it's all just gone. Apparently if JRP is hurt, they marched right down the field, just with run after run after run. And I tweeted at UCF football, never pass. And then like <laughs> the next play was the, the interception. I said, nothing good can happen when you throw the ball. Apparently. But how could I possibly be mad at that? Because it was a good play. It was a good pass. Oh, yeah. It was a touchdown until Javon Baker just kind of lost it for no reason. Like I, oh boy. Uh, what is it? I don't know. If I, can, I don't know if I can share this on the pod. Um, I'm going to say I can. Uh Nope, I can't. The I got sent something and then immediately got told not to not to share it. Never mind. That sounds so bad. I'm sorry for our listeners. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, but okay. So what else do we get to here? Because there's so much. Like so much about the future of this season is just like what what happens with John Rice Plumley and and next week is Villanova. So it's like there's nothing to really like get into next week. I I think we've almost kind of run out as crazy and ridiculous as this game was for an 18 to 16 game. I feel like we've run out of things to talk about really quickly. Do you have anything else that you want to get to? Well, let me tell you right now, I, it's going to be fun to talk a whole lot about Tim McLean this coming week. Cause I think that's probably the direction we're headed in, but yeah, I, it seems that way. 
it was a very fun game uh, that I hated. Like, I think this will be one of those ones that I like when I go back and watch the highlights of it, I'll be like, man, that what a crazy game. That was cool. And like, but it, to experience in real time, horrific. I think Hate the it only that. highlight I'm going to go back and watch is the game winning kick. Like, I don't think there's any. No, there were some cool game. plays in there. Uh, well, we'll see when I go back. Um, What else can we talk about? Um, oh, I mean, they, the fact that they, I mean, as frustrating as this game was to watch and like how much, how much went wrong, the fact that they beat Boise State at Boise State, like it snapped Boise State's uh, this is 22 game home opening winning streak. I think it was 21 I thought. Um, but either way Boise State, their home openers, they just never lost them for over 20 years until tonight. Um, and yeah, I think all, all the stuff leading up to the game, like it was it felt like a really must win game, even though it's week two and it's not a conference game but it was just like we did we talked about how this game they lose this game and bowl eligibility becomes a lot harder they won the game but if they lost their quarterback bowl eligibility is still a lot well, harder i was so. gonna say that we were i we were talking ourselves into some kind of special season if um jrp is out then yeah bowl eligibility is any way you want to look at it, the goal and now they're gonna be going in three and out of conference play and that gives you even with a backup quarterback we'll see what they have in timmy three and six feels attainable if, if some things break your way with this home environment so yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... what I, I felt this eerie feeling like after after the game, I was kind of getting ready to get on the podcast and was thinking about when Dylan Gabriel went down in 2021 at the end of the Louisville game, where yeah. it was like, all right, like this whole season now is like, we'll just see what we have with the backup quarterback and hopefully, you know, it doesn't go too off the rails. Like that's it felt like that because it didn't look good. Like the way his leg bent looked bad. And like yeah. honestly, the first thing that I saw was like yeah that looked like a weird slide but also like how is that not targeting and then on the replay i was like oh yeah his leg and then i think he was he stayed in the game he, he handed he off came, the next yeah, play but then like the ucf was like we or like gus or whoever was like we can't run another play i think this. it's probably safe to prepare for bad news on that i think that i would think so, so I, yeah that'll i don't see any way that that's that's like oh yeah no he's fine it was just <laughs> just a scratch i it did not look good um yeah last few things maybe we can get to some of these just like random stats that are going to catch my eye um the fact that Traymon morris brash had three tackles for loss i feel like he just took over the game at one point like he had like back-to-back i'm pretty he sure he was awesome um one of those was a sack uh malachi lawrence had a sack uh i, I think I'm, I'm very curious to go back and re-watch this and see you know some of the some of the early defensive play and then what kind of change or if anything changed um as the as the game went on because it did feel like they got a lot better and it kind of just became a thing where it was like Boise State couldn't really do anything with UCF's like insane errors and just laughable things that happened and honestly like the Javon thing was objectively funny it was it was like because like if that happens to any other team that I don't care about I am laughing because like when you when you take into context like the whole offense looked so good they had early in the game they had the one go off receivers hands for interception and then this, like the way that one happened, it was objectively funny. I'm sorry. So the person I was watching the game with, um, our friend Sarah, uh, is oh, yeah. a UCF fan, but not like to the degree that we are. Like she's more normal about it. And like when that play happened, she was laughing. She was like, that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And I was like clenching my fists and thinking that like, maybe I need it's to- the like, Arthur meme. <laughs> maybe I need to like, yeah, like maybe like bang my head against some glass and see it like a glass window and see if that helps. And, but I'm like, now that like we know UCF one, like that was objectively a hilarious play. <laughs> like it was just yeah. ridiculous. And I saw it was already- making the rounds on Twitter, right? At CFB reposted it and stuff. But yeah. yeah, you know, it was funny. I was thinking going into this week, how I thought this a few times. I don't know if I ever texted it to you that I was like, is Villanova going to go down as the most like meaningless game in UCF history? Like having an FCS game for your third game of the season. And after you've already had like a bye game, but 
now buy game not a buy game and um yeah. and now that we're likely going to see ucf breaking a new quarterback i'm like hmm villanova game uh has some spice to it now so yeah um i have one more thing i want to say because we always have to end this podcast by discussing the uniforms beautiful combo yeah. gold white white like first it. time since the Love peach bowl it. we've seen gold white white and man that combo just uh apparently can only be worn in ridiculous games so that's that's good to know but i'm loving the new shade of gold on the helmets I, yeah. I i hope i'm not alone in that i just it's like i never disliked the old shade by any means but like this shade just it almost shines like a christmas ornament you know like it's just so much more it just feels gold like a more natural gold than it, you know like i guess i would describe it as like ucf's old helmets was a helmet that is gold and this is more like a truly gold helmet that probably sounded so stupid i'm gonna hate that when i listen <laughs> back to the podcast but it made sense in my brain so and i always love the reverse stack ucf decal i can never go i liked it, it so. um no, I was saying I liked I liked the way you explained that. But I also, yeah, I also liked the uniform. It looked good. Um, I think we are now probably headed into a week where UCF wears an American flag decal, yep. which kind of limit limits the uh I don't know, kind of limits the combo a bit. We've talked about that on the past podcasts, but military appreciation game against Villanova next week. Um, I think we're leaving it there, aren't we? I feel like I had more to say, but that's what things we missed as well. The, what sucks about this episode is it's just tough because I'm like, how do you balance talking about the game and talking about what comes next? Because whenever you're talking about a serious quarterback injury, that feels like the topic. So we'll have a lot more for that for you guys on Monday. Hopefully we'll have some more clarity by then. Doubtful with how this, you know, because Gus Malzahn is really not going to want to give anything away to Villanova. So, you know. He runs the program like it's the CIA. Like. Thinks he's running the <laughs> Pentagon. I it's And honestly, like, I want to take a moment to trash Gus Malzahn a little bit before we get out oh. of here. And, and, that, and it's nothing to do with the play calling. It's, I just want to say that I hope UCF fans understand that the lack of access to this program is not like a a nationwide thing. It's insane how paranoid this staff is about things and the lack of information on players, the lack of ability for players to be able to tell their own story. Like, it's like, that's not normal. And I think it's kind of ridiculous. And I'm going to say that again on Monday when Gus Malzahn comes out and won't give an update on JRP, even though Kansas State will obviously know one way or the other when they see what quarterback plays against Villanova, but that's just... It's that SEC, just, you know, everyone's out to get you mentality. And I just don't think that works at UCF, but whatever. It's what they're doing. So yeah. it's frustrating. It's very right. frustrating. It's just, it's just nice to look at UCF being 2-0 and because they didn't get to 2-0 and last year. So Wow. That's, uh, that's true. They did not get to 2-0 and last year. And and yeah. now they might not get to 6-6 six and six this year, depending on the quarterback <laughs> situation. But we will see. We'll get into all of that. Hopefully we'll have some updates uh, in our next podcast early next week. Um, back with things we missed from this game. I'm sure there's going to be some on upon a rewatch oh, yeah. and upon just further clarity from different things that happen in the game um, that will help. And then we'll dive into, I guess, what's going to be more of an interesting preview for the Villanova game than it would have been otherwise. Cause otherwise I was thinking of like the main storyline for next week. I was like, not like we talked about Kent State like what can you learn from this game for Villanova I was like how does like this game even matter and obviously it doesn't but let me ask you a question right now super quick and maybe Gus will surprise me on Monday and I'll take back what I said and he'll be like hey JRP's hurt and we're doing this I don't because remember when Dylan Gabriel got hurt UCF never announced that it got it was nationally it was I think it was Pat Forty at SI who Mm -hmm. uh figured out that he was it was season ending but let me throw this out there we'll end on this just food for thought if JRP is done for the year, let's say. Let's go worst case scenario. Do you roll with Timmy, who has looked overwhelmed, underwhelming, or do you just jump straight to Dylan Risk and see what you have in the future? I start with Timmy. You I start think. with Timmy and see how it goes? Yeah. Is it always about win now versus, you know? I think so, especially with as early as it is. And like, I, I don't think – it was weird because I guess they kind of did jump right to Mikey um, back in 21. But 
I think we, we heard some good things, but it was all spring. It was like, we haven't heard anything about Timmy. This is not good. Like throughout the fall, we kind of heard a little bit more and supposedly Timmy's to made some improvements. So I, I would give him a shot first. Cause otherwise you're completely just pushing him to the side and saying like, all right, you better probably transfer and, and get out of here. We have no plans for you. So I'd go with him. And then, you know, if there's things going on this, I mean, I, I hope this doesn't turn into a season that you see three different starting quarterbacks, but I would probably go with Timmy long, long uh, to make that extremely long answer shorter. I would just go with Timmy. What about you? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I will say that the thing that I couldn't talk about on the podcast, I think is starting to make its way onto Twitter. So just look around and you'll probably find it. But yeah, I will. We will talk a lot more about the quarterback situation on Monday. Uh, I'll guess I'll gather my thoughts over the weekend and come up with an answer on whether I think they should, they, they just <laughs> should go to Timmy. Right. I mean, it's, I think it's always about when while you can, but yeah, I would, yeah. I would think so. Um, but Hey, I mean, they're 2-0, going in Villanova next week. And, um, okay, so I see – wait, what? Let's just – we're not going to – let's just not do oh, this in real yeah, time. It's okay. something, something completely completely unrelated. Um, but, yeah, we'll leave it here. We'll be back uh, early next week with our next episode of the podcast. But until then, you can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ca Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Thank you guys so much for being with us, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody.